Welcome to Through the Trees. I'm Ollie. And I'm Tash. This podcast is all about environmental issues and climate change. Each week we're going to be taking you on a journey and discussing the key topics which are currently affecting the world. Our aim is to raise awareness and inspire others to make small changes in their lives which will ultimately lead to big differences. Let's get started. Right, we're on to episode two. Right, and what are we talking about this week, Tash? Uh, I think it's the rise of veganism. The rise of veganism. There this you go. is going to be quite an interesting topic. <laughs> right, but before we get into that, Tash, tell me what's in the news for you this week. So, I read something quite interesting on BBC recently, and although it isn't technically in the week, I read it this week. The EU is putting a vote down on whether a veggie sausage is really a sausage. So Re- they're vo- really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're voting on a bill that would ban vegetarian items from being called sausages or burgers. Why? And they're all going to vote on it. It just seems that it, they're not the same. Is it thing. causing that much confusion with the meat eaters <laughs> in the world? Is it? Is that it? Is it kind of one of those things? It's like this is ours. If you want to be a vegan or a vegetarian? Then get your own thing. Is it that? It's the farmers. They just don't want oh. them labelled, yeah, as um, sausages or burgers because it the people might get confused with their products and vegetarian ones. Right. Okay. So Maybe. they want them something completely different. I mean, Fantastic. the packaging which always says plant based or veggie <laughs> burgers won't give it away enough. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, that's that's fine. Okay. So one of the things that I've been looking at this week is uh, carry on from last week. It's the coal mine in Cumbria. So apparently the government are coming under a lot more scrutiny regarding this because obviously you've got COP26 which is happening in later later on this year and it's going to be quite funny if we're inviting all the world leaders to say look come to the UK we are going to be a global leader in this fight against climate change and yet we're opening a coal mine. I know and the problem is as well I do understand the whole argument of oh it's only for steel purposes it's not actually for fossil fuels but you're still mining into the earth and you're still taking um, obviously that mineral out so it's kind of argument isn't really stand up <laughs> as far as i'm aware and obviously correct me if i'm wrong but this is a coking coal mine which is basically coking coal is used specifically for the production of steel now a lot of the four argument is saying that we actually need this steel so we can create wind turbines and thus have more renewable energy and not just rely on coal. However, on the surface of it, it obviously looks really terrible if we're saying, yes, we're going to do all these things against climate change, but first first thing we're going to do is open a coal mine. Yeah, I mean, it is so... And again, you can't really expect other countries, they were saying earlier, to follow new climate change rules and go, right, well, we're doing this, so you now have to do it. Or you have to put taxes on, um, obviously, products that are coming in um, from fossil fuels. But we're actually going to go and still mine for these things. It's absolutely yeah, fine. It's, it's so hypocritical. It does seem a little bit hypocritical. And I know there is probably, you know, there's always two sides of a story and we shouldn't always take things at face value as you read them on the news. And I get that. But it just, on the surface, I mean, optically, it looks terrible. And yeah. someone's really got to have a think about this. Think, is it worth it? I, I, I just don't really know. No, I think they should, I don't know, just my own opinion. So there's two sides to everything, but it's so confusing and it's just going to confuse everyone and send out mixed messages, yeah. which isn't good in the middle of Brexit and everything. Well, speaking <laughs> of fossil fuels, it's quite interesting that Exxon, um, Shell and BP have all posted their annual losses for 2020. Yeah, they've lost a lot of it, haven't they? Yeah, well, I think Exxon was <laughs> £22 no yeah well that's the biggest loss i think they've experienced and if you look over the trend since like the 1990s 
um, you know, it's just been profit, 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 profit. And obviously with COVID-19, there was a huge drop in demand for oil. So suddenly it all falls off a cliff. The interesting thing is reading a lot of the articles that they've actually publicized themselves it's saying, yes, there is a big loss. But we were already looking at moving into renewable energy anyway, because, I mean, all of these massive conglomerate companies, yeah. they know it's not going to last forever. No, and they would have had plans in place like years ago or technology that they can move into and they would have had um, blueprints, everything all set out for new renewable energies when it comes along. But I think they're just trying to keep fossil fuels and petrol as much in there as they can yeah. because it's what they know. It gives them a huge amount of money and for them to have a loss for three big companies as well. It's not just one. Really good news, renewables. Well, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, what you'll see if the vaccine goes well and the rollout continues in the way it's going in the UK have made some fantastic strides so you've got to congratulate everyone and all of the hard work which has been doing on the vaccine so far but hypothetically we all go back to work next week everything goes back to normal we all go back to seeing our friends and we're going out again which you know will on the surface be like great but all of that increases demand again so we flick straight back into 2019 where you know we're all using fossil fuels to a huge amount so do you think people will forget that then quite quickly? Or do you think this, obviously, COVID has made people change their lifestyle? And you think they're more willing to, like, I know what I definitely did, instead of actually driving up the road <laughs> to go see friends, I had to sort of walk to places to meet them outside and explore the actual local area a lot more. I don't know, you're probably going to see a split. You will see some people that will take this as a really good opportunity to change the way they live look at all of the products that they use look at the energy that they're using look at their transportation everything else like that and there's others which have probably experienced so much of covid fatigue that they will happily flick back into their lifestyle and if anything they'll grapple onto it a bit more i don't know i'm hoping that it will be more the former rather than the latter but that's obviously waiting to be seen i'd say who's who is doing a massive change recently as well this week mm-hmm. um it's actually biden Biden. So all of his uh, new green deals have all been approved and they're all literally steaming ahead at the moment. They say they want to export their clean energy technology across the globe and create high quality middle class jobs in America. So not only is he appealing to the actual environmentalists, to all those people that may have lost jobs because of COVID, he's saying he's going to create more jobs by implementing this. I think that's awesome because everyone that watched the inauguration of Biden probably had the same worries and we were all thinking everything he's saying about climate change sounds great, but is this all for optics? From the sounds of it, it's going in the right direction. I just hope it continues that way. No, I agree. It's not an easy job. Okay, last thing in the news this week. The long-awaited review commissioned by the government of the University of Cambridge when they're looking at the effects of climate change has finally been released. They're trying to look at utilising natural resource as a commodity in regards to fiscal planning. And it's something that's never been done before. And they're still obviously trying to work out the kinks of this because it's very difficult to quantify natural resource outside of actual commodities such as coal oil things like that but the damage we're causing to the environment what's the actual cost oh so is it like an actual uh, trying to gain actual budget together so if you were let's say mining or if you were recycling something or letting off emissions how much damage that doing to the earth then putting a cost on that kind of they've recommended that you introduce a natural capital into the national accounting system so as i said they're still Mm. trying to work out the kinks of it but as far as i understand it at the moment is if you wanted to rip down part of the amazon rainforest so you could have it for cattle Mm. what's the cost of that so that farmer is allowed to raise cattle and then he gets his cut from whatever crops they make but actually what does that do to the environment what does that mean for you know pollution so on and so forth yeah that's really that's gonna be really interesting one i might 
so keep an eye on that okay so i think that's enough for what's happening this mm. week uh it's a lot on that week <laughs> there was a lot on this i mean it's, this is a good thing though isn't it because mm. every week it seems like it's picking up steam and this is what we were seeing towards the end of 2019 well i don't know about you but all of the plant adverts i've seen sort of recommending like vegan foods going a bit more vegetarian or looking a bit more into where your food comes from it's just suddenly exploded on screen yeah oh yeah. I'm, i've saw that um vegan cheese advert of the guy making a oh. cheese toasty i'm sorry I can't get on with vegan I love cheese. Vegan no, it's wrong. It's, it's not wrong. wrong. It's it not is. right. It's not right. It <laughs> smells really bad. Well, it's a little bit more potent than normal cheese. So, if anyone out there wants to try it, I would definitely recommend sealing it afterwards. Yeah. But it is really tasty. It's got a long way to go, I think. Okay, so uh, you wanted to talk about our tip of the week from last week? Yeah, so our tip of the week was how to use a bit less plastic in your lives. Try and go for fruit and foods and maybe not always covered in plastic that are maybe a bit loose. Cool. And um, how did you get them? Yeah, I actually did really, really well. Um, there are obviously some things that you can't get away from, and that is it. So, things that need to be in plastic, well, not really needs, but like if you go out and get a ready meal or so, even if it's vegan, you're still going to have the plastic sort of film over the top of it. The Tupperware is all made out of plastic. But things like um, veg were really, really good. I mean, as you've got to stop thinking of it as in quantity. So you, maybe you get like eight small sweet potatoes, but instead you go for the loose ones, you get three massive ones. And how many? Yeah, I remember you saying this. Yeah, but how many do you eat a week? If you're happy to go to the shops sort of every week or so, then it's better just going for the loose stuff and just getting a bit the bigger ones. Well, something I heard the other day, which was really interesting and something I've kind of struggled with is when you buy stuff like mushrooms and especially herbs as well after about a day or two days suddenly go slimy and horrible and you, you mm. kind of think oh can I actually use these I'm not sure <laughs> do you keep them in the fridge do you not keep them well, in the fridge there's that so many home. arguments to that but somebody actually said if you put them in a paper bag and then put them in the fridge they last a lot lot longer so I've tried this out this week and it actually does work oh, really? so that's my tip if you want to keep uh, mushrooms for a bit longer put them in a paper bag and then put them in the fridge is there anything else like that so oh, the other thing was herbs. So this uh, this works for most herbs except for basil. Basil doesn't work for this at all. With herbs, they go off after about a day or you start seeing mm. them going brown. If you put wilting them, at the bottom and yeah, everything. Exactly. So if you put them in water and then pop them in the fridge, they'll last for a week. Oh, so you keep them in a filled glass of water. Yeah, so completely submerged. In. Yeah. And then you just when you need it, you just pull it out, give them a quick dry and then chop them up. Brilliant. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. Okay, so let's go on to our topic of this week. So we're talking about the rise of veganism. And this is particularly important to me and Tash because we have both become vegans in the last six months. Yep, very new thing for us. And again, it was very difficult to kind of establish what you could and couldn't eat as vegan. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to sort of chat to everyone about it today. What made you turn vegan? Um, well, for me, obviously, I was watching all of the um, David Attenborough's and TV programs online and supersized me when you realise the actual impact you're having on the planet. And I think for me, I just had a really definitive moment. So I was walking down the supermarket and I saw a pack of chicken breasts, maybe like, I think it was um, four chicken breasts in the frozen section. And it was able for pound fifty. And initially you think, that's really good price for a chicken breast, but how good a quality must that animal have lived to have been obviously reared fed kept and then sold for one pound fifty where the company's obviously making a profit and it was that kind of stark realization that i thought i just can't i can't do this anymore i've got to change i mean what about you what did you have a definitive moment i don't think i had a definitive moment i think mine was more gradual well i say gradual it was probably in the space of a 
couple of weeks or a month you start to watch a few things and then as you I suppose as you get older you kind of wonder you know where your food is coming from and actually what's going into your body and certain things like this and with meat you can never really tell because yes okay you're eating um you know a chicken or a lamb or whatever it is but then what has that been fed you know the amount of antibiotics which are going into animals now which is having that knock-on effect mm-hmm. which is now making us immune to antibiotics which is you know going to cause huge amounts of problems in the future um the health concerns as well i mean if you look at any of the blue groups in italy most of them are able to live you know most of the population in any blue zone is able to live to over a hundred i saw this program actually and, and, and there down was, to earth yeah and i saw it if said, you haven't watched it on netflix <laughs> down to earth zach efron brilliant absolutely brilliant was it like a 97 year old who walks up and down the road yep, every day every and day. he like completely just um downed a whole glass of beer and was no, just no, like yeah that's fine a wine wine or beer i don't know <laughs> but the point is they live a very simple diet and it's high carb low meat they'll have meat once a week and it's really interesting because most people especially in our generation if you go to the gym just eat meat all the time and now i was guilty of it i used to have 25 28 chicken breasts a week like a farm basically it was, yeah. <laughs> But you're doing this because you obviously want to grow and you want to look a certain way and you think this is great. But after you get to over 30, that actually starts to work against you. And then your likelihood of developing any form of cancer because the amount of protein you're eating goes up four times. So what you think is, you know, for health reasons and you're doing this because you want to keep fat off and you want to look a certain way will end up killing you. And that was kind of one of my realizations. The other was just the sheer drain on resource that the whole meat industry has which i had no idea about at all i know everyone goes on about how much soy everyone uses and how unsustainable it is for everyone to all suddenly go into soy and almonds and that kind of thing but they're actually feeding all the animals on soy and almonds and avocados and everything so surely if we sort of stopped eating meat or even severely reduced the amount of meat we're eating you could use the land you would use for the meat to grow that for humans and instead of using it to feed the animals to feed us it's kind of cutting out the middleman and we would just straight away be eating it yeah so there is an argument to say that if you use all of the land available if everyone went on a plant-based diet and we use the land available which is currently used for um feeding livestock uh, and rearing animals we would be able to feed a population of 11 billion. Oh my god which is a lot more than we have now but that actually shows that the world could sustain 11 billion people if we all have a real think about what we're putting into our bodies yeah outside of that i don't know it was just i i think because lockdown was here and it was one of those things you just have a look at your life and thinking what am i doing covid was a big wake-up call for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons as we said you know just talking about transport things like that utilizing the car less or utilizing motorbikes less whatever it was walking more but realistically just looking at your body i know we went for a huge thing about looking at plastic yeah um and how much we could cut down on that and then afterwards it was just about okay well, what are we actually putting in the bodies so we started off looking at being vegetarian and then it come became a challenge like okay could you do veganism mm. like could you get away from the dairy industry and it was just a it was a challenge to myself initially and then the i think the thing that clinched it was actually looking at a few videos of just what you do with battery hens like watching cows get milked on a conveyor belt is just horrible do you know what? i actually did email a um, milk brand about this when i first was going vegan because again it's you sort of think oh i just have milk i'm sure it's fine it's not meat or anything like that and it's just the dairy cows that's okay 
But I was actually got an email back saying that yes, they do remove the cast from the cow within a 48 hour period because otherwise the mother forms a bond with her calf too much and she cries for a lot longer than she would do if they took it away straight away but surely that mentally can't be good for the calf and the cow either it's you know they still would have carried that animal for months and months and for them to be taken away i think it's very very superior of us as humans to sit there and think that we understand how animals are feeling yeah and it's one of those things well no but I think it's very, you know, naive of us to sit there and think if you separate any mother from its calf, regardless of what species it is, that they won't feel anything. And because they're animals, that they don't have the the ability to comprehend that level of emotion. I mean, I know I talked about this last week, but orcas being my favourite animal, they have such a difficulty in adapting to it, where it will severely shorten their lifespan. Any orca that was taken to SeaWorld had a lifespan of 25 years. And that's what they said. And they said, oh, it's so much more here. You know, in the wild, they'll have 10 years. That's a complete lie. Complete lie. In the, in the wild, an orca will live to perhaps 100. And they will stay in that pod, which it's born in, for its entire life. And it, it's just one of those things. You, we sit there and think, oh, separating them is fine because we want to do it for our own enjoyment or for meat purposes, whatever. I think it's barbaric. We shouldn't be doing it. And this was... I think it was realising these points is what made me go, do you know what, I have to go vegan. Yeah. Because there's not enough of people that will. And yeah. so you almost have to make that deficit. Kind of you have to go to the extreme to sort of make up for the people that aren't going to even go halfway. But yes, yeah, so did you find it easy sort of moving from that into obviously a more plant-based diet? Or did you find it just quite a bit difficult to get your head around? No, actually it was, it was yeah, the, it was definitely the former. It was really easy. Um, what I didn't realise is pulses and, you know, things like chickpeas, lentils, stuff like this. One, they've got loads of protein in anyway. So if you are still wanting to go to the gym, you can just substitute that in. It's brilliant. The, you know, the stuff you can cook is just excellent. Curries, you know, lasagnas, pasta dishes, anything mm. else like that. It's just absolutely delicious. And with vegetables, especially with cooking, because I really like cooking, but I wouldn't say I'm the best chef. I, I, I think I'm a good yeah. cook. <laughs> Yeah, but definitely cooking. <laughs> with meat, it's you're almost on a knife edge all the time. Like you can undercook or overcook meats, and it's such a delicate balance to a point where you're either going to give someone food poisoning or it's going to be dry and they won't enjoy it. With vegetables, they're so forgiving. Like you could probably leave anything in a stew or a casserole or something, and you overcook it by twenty minutes, and if anything, it tastes better. Yeah. And it, do you know what? It's just brilliant. We've done. I've done it for six months. Absolutely love it. There's no way I'm ever going back to meat. There's no way I'm ever going back to dairy. And I think the absolute caveat is I've got Crohn's disease. I've always been told you can't go vegan because it will kill me. My stomach has never been better. I mean, I'm not going to say to everyone that has Crohn's or, or ulcerative colitis that definitely go vegan because it will solve everything. It it probably won't for everyone. Just what worked for you, really. But it just worked for me. And that mm. was the thing. It's, you know, I, I have a very mild form of it. So, it, you know, it probably helped. Mm. But I just think not having all the, the chemicals that go into your body through stuff which is processed and especially a lot of meat stuff as we already said it can only be good for you mm. absolutely i mean did you find there was any stigma though when you moved because obviously you've done it for six months now and i've done it as well but just from your opinion did you find you had a lot of stigma from like family or friends and barbecues were the worst but it, there is that thing you know when you've you've eaten meat for so many years and you kind of think that oh god i can't you know it's like telling people that i'm suddenly a vegan it's like a huge lifestyle choice but, but realistically really, i know it yeah. isn't but we you build it up in your own head 
you really do and it's 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 ridiculous if you think about it because all you can sit there and say is why are you vegan because i i want to save the planet yeah Done. I think it's when no one wants to be seen as that fussy person. Exactly. So how many times you've gone to someone's house and gone, oh, I can't have this, can't have this, can't have this. Well, and it's, it's like, oh, the, what are we going to do with it? I this? mean, that's the British thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. that, it's that old joke. If you go to any restaurant and your meal is terrible, you'd be sitting there moaning about it at the table. Go, oh, it's cold. <laughs> it's it's flavourless. It's horrible. Waiter comes over. How's your meal? It's lovely. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely yeah, lovely. Yeah, that's it. So we won't be giving them a good tip. No, <laughs> but you still do. Yeah, what about you? Did you find any stigma? No, I didn't really. I was very lucky with my family because they're always... My older sister has been like vegan as well and vegetarian. So she kind of, I think, took the brunt of it in the beginning. But I think as well, when I kind of did explain my reason for it, I was very definitive and everyone knows I was such an animal lover. I don't think it was such a surprise for them. Whereas I think probably for you it was a bit of the other end of the spectrum really wasn't it because you were all you've always eaten meat and you've always been such a meat lover yeah but again I think I built it up in my head as a worse thing than it really was because actually when I told my family it was very you know as most families would be they're just very supportive of you it does mean that you go oh okay so I have to think about what I need to cook if you come around for dinner or something like that but substituting is is really not that difficult I mean if you think about it you have like a lasagna or something you just leave the meat out yeah. And you either use a plant-based meat substitute, which Plant Pioneers, brilliant. If anyone oh. wants anything by Plant Pioneer, absolutely brilliant. Um, if anything, they're better than the meat version, honestly. I'll stand by that. Um, but yeah, you either substitute in with that, or as I said, use pulses, use chickpeas, use lentils, use anything like that. And it's, it's just really easy. I know you can do a bolognese out of lentils and red wine. Yeah, and that's that, that's because nice. again, it's, it's a texture as well. I think people are having that same. When you ask for like spaghetti bolognese, you expect spaghetti and the actual bolognese for it to look like mm. a proper dish. So I think the texture of that really works. I want to move on to a different part of this week's podcast, and this is the quiz. The quiz. The vegan quiz. Oh no! Yes, I'm going to come off like such an idiot. <laughs> Tasha hasn't seen these questions. I haven't told her any of the answers, so she's going to be hearing these live, which is great. 12 questions, you'll be fine. Apologies. 12 questions. Things have gone wrong. Okay, number one. By what percentage do you potentially reduce your carbon footprint by going vegan? Is it multi question or do I just have to take a guess? You mean multiple choice? Yeah, you know. Multi question. (laughs) It's multi question. It's 12 questions. No. (laughs) Yeah, you have to take a guess. So between 0 and 100%. Oh. Okay, I'm going to say about maybe 70%. Well, yeah, do you know, one of the recent studies that I said was 73%, but this is ranging. So it depends, obviously, where you are in the world, to what degree you're using certain other variables, uh, but it could be anywhere between 50 and 75%. Oh, really? Yeah, so just by going vegan and having a plant-based diet, you will reduce your individual carbon footprint by up to 50 to 75 percent is that because the meat industry yeah it's purely yeah. because of the meat industry oh wow because Who if you think about decision? obviously the meat the as we said earlier the crops that you need to then feed the meat mm. and the space the, you know all the methane which is being produced all of the gases and everything else and the export import all of that yeah cut it all out and you'll reduce your carbon footprint by 50 to 75 percent so go vegan mm-hmm. okay number two okay. are oreos vegan no why well, I think the obviously the white bit inside is cream, isn't it? Yep. So I don't think that's vegan. They are actually vegan. Oh, I can have Oreos. You can have Oreos. I know where I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> so 
There was a, a uh, there was one argument that said that they were made with milk, but actually this was disproven. The cream center is made from canola oil and corn syrup. How so long have they been vegan for? All the time. No. Yeah. Guys, so, go get Oreos. And there you go. <laughs> okay, is uh, white sugar vegan? Yes. No. Oh. So this is one for I didn't know this either. White sugar is being processed with bone char which is bones from cattle the whole reason it's processed with uh, bone char is to make it whiter that's, is that the only that's reason? It. that's it nothing for flavour texture anything just want to make it whiter so what colour would it be naturally then? I don't know but oh. I imagine it wouldn't be as white it'd probably still be white if not clear yeah I don't know or maybe brown I don't know it's a bit of a shock uh, okay number four out of all the vegan milks, which one has the most protein? Um, oh, I think it's going to be a nut one, isn't it? Is it like a... So you've got almond, oats, hemp, soy... Uh, oh, I can't think of a fifth. Cashew? No, that's not, that's not there milk. There is one, there is milk. Is it? Okay, yeah. fine, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, okay, almonds. No, soy. Oh really? Yep. Soy is the most pro- most amount of protein. Oh, I remember re- hearing something now about it, about how um, beneficial it is to everyone. That's why they feed it to the animals. Yep, and that's actually it's got less fat in than regular dairy uh, dairy milk. Ooh. So it's actually much better for you. Okay, number five. How many gallons of water do vegans save every day? Um. So think again to the meat industry. Yada yada yada. Well, I assume, I mean, obviously, apart from obviously watering the animals and everything, you still obviously need to wash and everything every day. So I'm assuming, it, I don't think it'd be that much, maybe about 40%. I oh, know, we're talking gallons here. Oh, oh, God, I have no idea what it would be in gallons. Um, 500 gallons, maybe? No, you need to double it. It's 1,100. Oh, really? 1,100 gallons of water every single day saved by each vegan. And is that just as, like before the meat industry? Or yeah, the meat it? industry. And interesting about this, that the meat industry itself wastes a third of all drinking water. So Why? all available uh, drinking water that they use for the livestock, they actually waste a third of it. Oh, God. That's horrible, is, yeah. isn't it, when you think about it? Okay, number six. Uh, by what percentage do you reduce your chances of having a stroke by going vegan? Is that out of 100? Um, 60... No. No? Or 40%? Close, 30. Oh, okay. But, again, a third? I think that's excellent. That's really good, isn't it? Okay, uh, number seven. Are pizza boxes recyclable? No. No, they're not. I know this one. No, yeah. they're not. Why? Oh, is it not the film? It's um, They line the boxes with a plastic film, isn't it? To make sure that the pizza grease doesn't soak through. Uh, so the pizza boxes are lined with the same stuff as Teflon. C8. Oh, God. Anyone who's watched Dark Waters? Um, I saw that. That yeah. scared me so yeah, much. It's quite scary. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's the same stuff as Teflon, just really uh, light version of it. And actually, the grease uh, contaminates the pizza box anyway. Oh. So it wouldn't be recyclable. Number eight. Where did the term vegan come from? Um, I've no idea. Okay, so the term vegan was originally coined by the British animal rights activist Donald Watson in 1940s 
Vegan describes a philosophy that animals should not be exploited or hurt for food or other purposes. Aww. I think that's brilliant. That's really good. Okay, number nine. What supplements do vegans often need to take due to not eating meat? Ooh, um, B12. Yep. And is there an vitamin C? No, D. Oh. But you can get that from sunlight. Oh, okay then. Um, okay, number 10. How many people could be fed using the grain used for livestock? Oh, I'm going to say maybe... Oh, it's going to be a lot, isn't it? Just the grain. Okay. Um, one billion? Close, 1.3. Oh. Uh, number 11. How many animals on average are killed in the US for their meat every hour? Every hour? Every hour. Um... I'm going to say maybe six to oh the whole of the US. Whole of the US. Okay, uh, maybe like just a thousand every, every hour. Yeah, it's a lot higher. How much higher? Half a million. Every hour. Every no. hour, the US slaughters half a million animals just for meat. How can I keep up? Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's really horrible to think about. Like, what gives the right to do that? It doesn't. Oh. Okay, and very last one. Uh, which UK restaurants have, and this is fast food ones, have recently launched their own vegan products? And as bonus points, if you can tell me which ones they are. Uh, fast food? Um, is it McDonald's? Uh, no. They they recently have said that they are going to do a veggie burger or a I vegan burger. I think that's why I thought about it, because I remember seeing it somewhere. Yeah, they haven't come out. No, the right answer is Greg's have done a vegan steak bake. Oh, have they done their vegan sausage roll for a while, haven't they? Have they? Oh, okay. I left it after. Um, KFC have done a zero chicken burger. Oh, Wagon Mamas have done watermelon tuna. Pizza Hut have done pepper phony. A pepper phony? Pepper phony pizza, <laughs> which I think sounds brilliant. And Subway have done a meatless marinara. Oh, I'd like to try that. But it does show you that all of these industries are moving that way, mm. which is a really good thing. Joe, yeah, I wasn't expecting KFC to be on there. And I really yeah, want to I wasn't try. Yeah. That. Uh, I don't know if I'll still try it. No, I don't think I would either. Just because Just it's vegan it. doesn't mean it's healthy. No. <laughs> and I think that's one of the mi- common misconceptions that everyone needs to get away from. Yeah. If you want something really healthy, my best advice to you is you have a ground diet. Okay, oh, yeah. so what we're going to do for our tip of the week this week? So I know tip of the week last week was about sort of using a lot less plastic. Um, obviously, this week's using more. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. this week is actually getting rid of all of the stuff you may have in your house that instead of recycling it if you can make it into something different okay so so this goes back to the whole thing isn't it the three r's that are going to save the world reduce reuse and recycle and there's a reason why recycle is last because it's the hardest to do so yeah reusing items and repurposing them yeah well i have actually done a few already this week okay so um my little ones have been all of the old milk cartons that sort of I have I mean we have the soy ones now yep. but you can do it with the plastic ones as well make them into bird feeders that's a good idea so if you cut a little hole in the front of it and you put obviously the seed inside and hang them up somewhere or tie them to a post if they've got a handle on the side yep. it's really durable it's waterproof and the birds can actually fly in pick the seed and fly out again my one is if you have any old clothing instead of throwing it out if you are going to throw it away See if you can repurpose it into either tea towels, old rags. You know, if you're cleaning the car or something, perfect. Use an old rag. Yeah, going to summer, jeans into shorts. That's a good one. Yeah, that looks terrible. So we really hope you've enjoyed this week's episode on the rise of veganism. 
So thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.